Alex Pearson with you, 640 Toronto, kicking off a brand new week and a lot of big headaches start today and will shape the uh, next half decade, at least uh, in our downtown core because there's a massive, massive geographical square that has been shut down for the Ontario line. You've been hearing about it all uh, morning because a lot of people will forget, but this is going to have huge, huge ripple effects across the whole core because Transit is going to have to divert all around it. Traffic is going to have to divert all around this area. There's still um, Adelaide's still closed for track replacement, water main stuff. There are going to be, um, I guess, six more of these 15 stations built. So, you know, you've got the ones up top towards the DVP and Ontario place. Well, then you get to the Ontario line, which is being built now with this big closure for uh, around the Queen Street area and Victoria Street. And then, of course, you've got to remember, like, they got to shut down areas uh, on Bathurst. King, West, Spadina, further Crean, um, uh, also King Street East, those areas, Lakeshore, all these areas are going to be closed up in the next uh, little while to build these Ontario line stops. And so uh, we assume they will be built on time, but it comes at a time when we're trying to increase traffic and get people back downtown. But I, my question is, like, what's taken four and a half years to build one of these places, one of these stations? Shauna Braille may know she's an economic geographer, urban planner, and associate professor at the Institute for Management and Innovation at the University of Toronto, Mississauga campus. Thanks so much, Shauna, for joining. Oh, good morning, Alex. Why does it take four and a half years to build one stop? Because that's the one question everyone's asking is, why is it taking so long? Mm-hmm. It, you know what? It's a great question, and it's clear that building transit in that in already dense cities is is painful, right? It it has big implications and repercussions um, on the city, on the city's businesses, uh, on the way people move about, and you know, it takes so long because it is it is just so complex. And part of part of the work is that. Um, you know, you're not just building one station, you're you're building a 15.6 kilometer subway with 15 stops across the city. And even if some of that work, a lot of that work is localized to this one area, uh, it simply requires an enormous amount of work. It is a multi-billion dollar uh, mega project for the city. Ultimately, it should leave our city uh, in, in a better condition, but during the time of construction, it causes a lot of difficulty and challenge, um, and and in fact, you know, some uh, a lot of economic and social disruption as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to um, kind of anytime they shut down one of these major streets in Toronto for track repair, whether it's Queen or King, uh, it just causes so much headache. And now we're going to do this for you know half a decade. But they're saying you know that that Sean, that's the assumption that this is actually going on time because as you know well once they rip open the road it's like oh look there's a corcus there's carcasses there's all these things here there's like you know there's something underground that they realize oh crap we can't do anything because we've got a big archaeological dig something always comes up to disrupt it. Yes. Correct. I think the short answer to the question of will it be done on time is probably not. <laughs> Right. And, you know, that's the reality of it. Something like 80 to 90 percent of these types of projects are either delayed and or over budget. This one is already the budget has already creeped up and uh, to the point where the province has not uh, informed the public what the budget current what the budget estimate currently is. Mm -hmm. So will it be done on time? Based on our if past experience is any indicator, the answer is no. The, you know, one of the reasons for the closure instead of um, 
trying to work around the construction and keeping the street open is this idea that you could save about a year of construction time. Mm -hmm. So it's about, you know, a little over, you know, like 20, 25% shorter. Uh, But that assumes a four and a half year timeline. Um, You know, I think if people were, were, if if we had a crystal ball and we could see exactly how long it would take once we decide, once the decision to close the street and all of that effort is made, um, you won't be able to know whether that was a worthwhile (laughs) decision or not until afterwards. And and that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's always amazing after the fact, but it's the pain and Mm -hmm. the um, destruction really to the local economy, the, uh, you know, the local businesses in the local area. Uh, that are impacted and, and going through that hell. Uh, you know, you've got Eglinton, they're still going through it and, and it, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a lot of real loss yes. in these things. And you wonder, okay, why don't they factor that in? Why don't, let's say, you know, the province and or the, um, you know, the construction crews have to make local um, businesses whole again, which they never seem to build into these deals. And and again, um, you know, these if they measure our expectation, Shauna, if they just said, look, we're saying five years, but it's probably closer to seven, then people might be able to get their head around it. But we just don't get any transparency with it. Yes, and I agree. That is a problem. And I think that, you know, the what some of the challenges around this particular closure uh, are that, as you said earlier, it is it is a, a significant uh, part of the downtown core. There is a very high concentration of jobs in the area, uh, large numbers of vehicles. The Queen Street uh, streetcar is the third busiest streetcar route mm-hmm. in the city mm-hmm. after King Street and Spadina. It, 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 you know, in 2018, 55,000 passengers a day mm-hmm. uh, were, were transported along that route. So, you know, the, the upside here is that actually because it's downtown, because it's in a dense area, because there are so many people that will continue to work there and to live in, um, in close proximity, it means that there are larger number of people who will probably be walking to work in that area far more for sure than in other parts of the city where we've seen these kinds of closures. And this means that people will still be around. So as long as we make the area safe and welcoming for pedestrians, uh, we animate the street level, right? We have that experience of trying to make the street level inviting uh, based on the King Street pilot. We, you know, the city knows how to do this. They know uh, that there are ways to consider to how to support businesses uh, through policy changes, through tax op- credits, uh, through other kinds of incentives, so to understand what kinds of supports are needed. But I agree that the other thing that has to be done is we need to be able to have our governments communicating and our agencies responsible for this infrastructure to communicate clearly and effectively, not to hide news or mm. changes, and to build trust amongst all of the publics that are involved and that will be affected by the closure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about other jurisdictions. I just know when I was in um, in Malaysia, when they build there, they, they don't stop. I mean, they, they build until it's finished. And they get their 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 big infrastructure projects finished so quickly. Now, people here may say, "Well, look at their labor laws; they don't really have any there." But they they don't leave the site. They they are shift works. They sleep there. They eat there. But they get it done. Um, and we just is 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 it just the way our our sector set up with unions and all the rest of it that we can't get these things done faster? Because Tory did bring in this expedited process, but uh, it's still pretty cumbersome. This is not just a Canadian or an Ontario or even a Toronto problem. Um, we've seen across North America and New York City, there was the building of the Second Street subway went way over budget and mm-hmm. way over time. Eventually, it did open. Uh, same thing in the UK in London, the Elizabeth line, again, over budget and over time, and it opened during the pandemic. And I read recently that actually ridership on that line is higher 
and anticipated. And so there is a game, there is a really good reason to be investing in and building more transit infrastructure to improve opportunities and to improve congestion and to improve the ways in which people can move around in our city to strengthen our transit system. But absolutely, it can be painful and it will most likely take more time and cost mm-hmm. more money than we anticipate and that we've been told. Premier Ford will have quite a legacy once this is all done, but uh, assuming the rest of us don't lose our minds, um, we'll uh, get to enjoy it one day. But appreciate your time on this. Thanks so much. Thank you. Nice to speak with you. All right. That's Shauna Braille explaining what I think to a lot of us is unexplainable is how does it take so long? And even she's admitting, look, probably go longer than four and a half years. Well, just be honest with us for a change.